September 11, 2016. It's a lot for Pedro show.
Thursday, I get to uh, reunite with him after so many months. Man alone. Actually, not man alone, because through the magic of Skype, I got Brother Matthew out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, via Skype. Uh, those righteous cats in Estonia who uh, came up with this uh, software. Uh, and uh, Brother Matthew, he's the uh, mastermind behind Fluke Magazine, which is coming on its uh, 25th year. Oh, I should say what we uh, played. Start off the show with Blues Legacy from John Coltrane with Milt Jackson on the Vibes. Bags and Train was the name of that album. It's a trippy one. John Coltrane, many ways to express himself and uh, collaborate. Uh, inspiration. Then we had Taff uh, Falcos and his Panther Burns doing something that's not really even out yet. It was recorded, oh, I don't know, uh, 11 months ago. And... Uh, Arizona there, but Tucson, the other town. <laughs> well, there's more than two towns. Uh, actually, the older town, Tucson. <laughs> Tucson at uh, Wave Wave Lab? I think that's the name of the studio. Great pad, pad uh, where um, Hal Gelb and uh, Joey with Calexico, they do their stuff. And um, where the uh, Rio Dolorosa flows and... Uh, you might know that from the first Panther Burns album, but me and Larry got to be rhythm section to uh, Taff Falco along with his uh, 
musicians from whoa <laughs> wow that's a weird sound coming out of Arizona can you uh, like mute that kind of shit yeah done okay. <laughs> it's like in the in the movie theater or something that uh, was the, the Broadway the, the Hamlet Shakespeare was, play that that was my chess game coming up okay I'm into chess yeah I'm really I'm good big... at chess uh some cats are really good. I used to do it at, at, at lunchtime. Uh, there was a chess club, and that's where we smoked the mota. And then the thing about ch- chess, you know, there's no, there's no dice. There's no luck. You know what I mean? There's no yeah, dealing there's out no cards. Luck. Yeah, you either lose or you win. <laughs> I guess there's a draw. That's right. Uh, but uh, anyway, getting back to Taff Falco, I got to tour with him uh, last fall, and. Uh, we actually made two singles, one in uh, Memphis that was released on uh, Org Music and played on the show. And then this baby's coming up. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, Tav is talking to me about album, which would be an incredible honor. I know for Larry, too. But Larry's, man, is he busy. Nick Cave asked him to do a year-and-a-half tour. He's got this uh, TV show in Germany where he plays a, a drummer, like a kind of a type of... Gene Krupa, but the German version during the 1920s. Like, uh, think about Cabaret and Liza Minnelli, Joan Gray, that movie, that, that era. So, but I know Larry will make time because, uh, yeah, it's quite an honor for both of us to get to work with Tia Falco. And in the latest uh, um, issue of Fluke, there's good spiel with him. And in fact, last time I was with Brother um, Matthew in uh, Arizona, it was the last day of the tour with the Italian guys, the first El Sonio del Marinaio. Uh, U.S. tour, uh, and you played me a video interview you do with it, and right. I think this is a transcription of that, right? That's correct. Right. Anyway, little do we know that <laughs> that was two years ago. Yeah. I, in my mind, I would have, you know, I've got to meet with him, I got to play on bills with him, but to be in the Panther Burns, incredible. Even got a little violin bass, you know. We wore a suit, never took it off the whole tour. That was a great show. I the only fun thing was uh, um, the pointy shoes. Yeah. Club, uh, Hotel Congress? Yeah, Club Congress. Club That's Congress, right. yeah. That's right. Uh, I passed that uh, Coltrane book on to you. That's right. Uh, much thanks. Much yeah. thanks. Much appreciated. It's my pleasure. But Matthew, I would like to uh, uh, learn from you your earliest musical memory. Well, my earliest musical memory, I would say, was uh, I was probably seven, and it was probably 1978, somewhere around that era, era. and I was watching TV, I was, you know, I was, like I said, I was about seven years old, and... Where's this, Little Rock? Yeah, this is in Little Rock, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Arkansas, to be specific, and KISS had come on they they played a concert on primetime tv and there was all kinds of you know pyrotechnics and glam and and just you know rock and roll and my so your first music uh, memory or the oldest memory you got is actually coming over the tv and it's kiss yeah. so that's interesting and what, what was the effect on you well, I, I I told my mom, you know, I wanted to I wanted to go down to the record store and pick up a T-shirt. So she she t-shirt. Me, you didn't want to get the record. 
Uh, no, I didn't want the. I wanted the T-shirt. You wanted to be in the Kiss Army. Yeah, Did I wanted you know to about be, that. <laughs> and you? she went down, and and there was this place called Peaches Records, where everybody got their records, and they had the T-shirts. Yeah, I remember that was a chain. Yeah, they had the T-shirts like shrink shrink wrapped in a with a little piece of you know cardboard behind it. Yeah. And we, she bought that for me, and we took it home. And I mean, the thing fit me like a, you know, it was like a, like a dress on me because I was so little. Okay, you got the wrong size. I mean, I loved that shirt though, and just that—that that was my first musical memory. Uh, looking back on that time in my life, my mother, she was really. In, I mean, this was the disco era, and she was really into. Uh, she was a dancer. Okay. So, you know, there was like... So you had you know, music in the house. Yeah, I remember looking through her records and, and you know, she had everything from, uh, you know, Bee Gees, Captain and Tennille. Uh, maybe Donna Summer? Oh, Donna Summer. Oh, yeah. Because she, she was the big lady, I remember, in those... You know, there's... Captain funny... Tennille was big, too, though. Yeah. Yeah, Donna Summer, uh, Diana Ross, uh, Michael Jackson, Steve Bee Gees. Oh, yeah, a John Travolta movie, yeah. Uh... Saturday Night Fever. That's right. That was huge. Yeah, and I can just remember looking, you know, looking at her record covers and just. Uh, yeah, I she remember liked, uh, what was that? Uh, Do the Hustle. That was big. <laughs> right. She liked anything that had a good beat to it. Right, right. Because that was here. So, so actually, your early music experience is kind of rhythm. Yeah, Not so and, much melody. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I think it was around 1980 maybe 81 when Sugar Hill Gang at least came to you know it it took a while for this stuff to get to Arkansas the Double right? Dutch yeah Double Dutch Bus was Frankie Smith we had a, a a van and we called it the Double Dutch Bus we <laughs> even had a license plate that we put on the front so Doug, yes, double Dutch bus and Doug, uh, Doug Wimbish on the bass. Yeah, incredible cat man. I'm, I'm, it's a big honor for me to know him and uh, been able to. God, I got to do all of Maggot Brain last year with him at uh, Viper Room in West Hollywood. Out of the blue, I couldn't believe it. George oh, Clinton amazing. came up on stage and sang most of it, and the Blackbird Nutmeg Night and uh, uh, Michael uh, Hampton, uh, Kid Funkadelic. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, th this is kind of your friends in school too, right? You guys are, are kind of. Uh, you know, I don't remember. I remember as far as school was going. No my real music memory around that was when Thriller came out. Ah, Mike Jackson. Yeah. yeah, and everybody was doing the moonwalk. Right. Right. And I used to be in, really into BMX, you know, so I had these these BMX gloves, you know, and so... This is the people, this is bicycle. Right, by, <laughs> bicycling and, and... But wild bicycle. Yeah, and I had I had these gloves, so I would go to school with one glove on. Ah, know? like Mike, yeah. Which, you know, is, you know, in your, in your day, it was like, you know, I can remember seeing video of Keith Morris making fun of that... Genre, you know, least. around this time, I wrote a letter to his management. I, I, I gave him a song. I wrote a song for him. I thought a Mike Jackson, a political song for Michael Jackson. Yeah, I thought if he s sang this song, 
that people would understand what the Minutemen were about. <laughs> I never got an answer. <laughs> well, you know, that's a really cool thing that you that you did. I mean, the way I look at things in life is, you know, you can at least ask, and that's really how I got to know you. Is you know, I it was the it was around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and and it was the era of social media where everyone's world got a little smaller. Uh, MySpace, and I said, you know what? I want to get my magazine going again because I took a long break. Uh, from we're going to get to that. Yeah, we're yeah. going to get to that. Your zine. We're right. still back in uh, early music uh, days. Do you remember the first gig you went to? Oh God, the first gig I ever went to was either I think it was Barry Manilow with my mom. And then Tom Jones was after that. And then I also saw um, Lionel Richie with the Pointer Sisters. And, and these were like big pads, right? Oh, yeah. This was Barton Coliseum. It was huge. Yeah, yeah. Big auditorium, yeah. So I would go, you know, my mom would drag me to these, to these shows. So they're, yeah, they're actually her gigs, but she wants you to be, yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. That, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. At least you're, you're seeing live music. Exactly. What What about at, at school? Was there a a, a band program? Uh, in seventh grade, I played trumpet. Like a marching band? No, it wasn't marching band. Like a school orchestra? Yeah. And I played trumpet. Now, how'd that happen? Uh, they, well, they asked well, you to pick? My brother played trumpet, and I wanted to do anything my brother did. Oh, okay. So you had music actually in the house. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I, for for a while, my brother was always musically inclined. I never really was. My brother, he played trumpet, and it was kind of a deal where he had to do it. <laughs> okay. So I played trumpet, and then later on, you know, not to get ahead, but he picked up the bass. Wow. Yeah, he was Went a good bass player. Went from treble clef to bass clef. Yeah, he was, he was a good bass player, still plays. You know who's got a new record? Dex, uh, Ron Weber. Let's, let's hear some of that. Baby, I don't know, baby, where we stand. Where's the future that we planned so long ago? Baby, I don't know. I don't know if you're my friend. Girl, a long lost lover coming back again. Where did you go? Baby, I don't know. Watch my 
Watch for Pedro's show. Uh, at the top of that was Dex uh, Rom Weber, brand new album, Bloodshot, and the tune I Don't Know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know? And then uh, King Alfred Man of Leisure with Holiday in a Car Park. Everything about that spells England to me. And sure enough, they're from there. King Champion Sounds uh, out of Holland with Smallest Tribe in the World. Uh, that's got the lyrics by uh, Brother Vasco in uh, Scopia Macedonia. And then AJ, the, the man behind King uh, Champion Sounds, had me do the spiel. And so it's a trippy collaboration. Uh, Macedonia, Pedro, and uh, Amsterdam. Holland. Yeah. But that, that's what music's for, you know. Trippy. And then Lemon Kittens with Pain Topics. Yeah, I found my old Lemon Kittens. I'm playing the hell out of that. I love that stuff. And then theme from The Prisoner. Last week was 50 years since The Prisoner uh, first aired. Uh, only TV shows I ever liked, you know. Uh, is total mind blow. Only 17 episodes. This guy, Patrick McGewan. He had a very successful show called, we called it uh, Secret Agent Man. Uh, Johnny Rivers had a big hit with that, right? Theme song. But it, over in England it was called uh, Danger Man. So they gave him his own show. And man, it is a trip. I... Uh, suggest you check it out. The Prisoner. Go to Wikipedia and they'll, they'll have some links. The uh, Unmutual.co.uk is a really good site. And then I think on the YouTube.com there's maybe some episodes. But I, I in fact, I never saw it in color, you know. Old days. Well, the more younger days. <laughs> yeah, color TVs cost a buttload. Not until the DVDs came out I saw that thing in color. But check it out. Anyway, Goddess Shamisen from uh, NorCal did uh, Theme from the Prisoner. Then we had Dagger Moth. The Sky Was Red. Going to get to play with them in, uh, or her, in Bologna. I got a tour. I leave Monday. One week from tomorrow. Uh, Sonia de Marinaio. Uh, yeah, MikeWatt.com. Learn about that. Uh, Nervous Gender. A great band from the old, or more younger days of our movement here. Uh, East L.A. guys, but, you know, I saw him play a lot, Chinatown, Hollywood. Cardinal Newman. Well, Edward wasn't from East L.A., I don't think, but great band. Love him. And then finally, uh, Charanga Capacina by uh, Very Be Careful That's Live, a great band. Um, it's called uh, Vallenata. It's a kind of folk music from uh, Colombia. These guys are great. Two brothers. I got to... Uh, play with him at El Cid with my second man oh Bob Lee yeah during that by the way we just recorded a three song thing with uh, Tom Watson Pete Mazich Bob Lee myself called Bob Lee Man it's going to come out day after uh, Thanksgiving it's three songs I wrote for Georgie and D. Boone that never got recorded God one of them never even they, they dumped it right from the beginning you know <laughs> Georgie and D. Boone wrote the best songs in Minutemen. I didn't really write that good, but I wrote a lot of them. <laughs> and if you look at my whole thing, they're kind of trippy. That's what I've been doing the last year, playing for people. Especially these gigs opening for X, because they're doing their old songs. But back to Brad, Brother Matthew's uh, story here uh, regarding music. Uh, what about going, because you're talking early 80s now. Right. When did the movement get to Little Rock? 
You're talking about punk rock? Yeah. Um, for some, it came in the early 80s, um, but it was very few people. Um, Black Flag came through Little Rock in 1986 on their last tour. And after, and, and one thing that happened at that show was Henry said, there's very little rock in Arkansas. <laughs> and Play they, they, they played at a place called SOBs, which was like a restaurant bar type place, you know, which makes sense because Black Flag would play anywhere. Um, but that, I believe, was the first, like, big punk show. And after that, it started to open up. You know, there was bands that started forming. And by 1988, there was a band called Iconochrist who... Do you remember the first gig you went to in Little Rock? I sure do. It was... Uh, was it, it was Christ, or was it the flag gig? Uh, no, I, I was too young for, for flag. Um, although some of my friends who were too young went, but I wasn't friends with them till later. Um, the first gig I went to was, it was at this place called Women's City Club, which is exactly what it was. It was a, you know, a building downtown that was a club for women. And, it was a historic building, still there. And there was this kid. Who I played a to, women. I played a women club in San Diego. I think they used to be popular in the older days. Yeah. Somehow there was a there was a, a kid younger than me. I was still. I was in. I was a senior in high school. This was uh, um, October of 1989, and this kid somehow had a connection to someone at the women's city club, and he put on the first show that had happened in Little Rock for like I think three or four months because we did, there was a club down there called DMZ that was before my time but they, you know Connor Christ was playing there and some other bands but it closed down so there was like this period of time where there was no punk shows and this show had this band called uh the agitators from from texas and then we had a local band called trusty who went on to discord records years later sure you know and what trusty there is, was, right there was a couple other local bands that you know, played you know what a trusty is right it's a guy in jail that has some privileges yeah <laughs> so this you know being that there was no shows for a long time uh this show turned out a lot of people. There was at least 100, 150 kids there, and it was all high school kids, mostly. And it was a really big show, and it was like a very awesome, you know, it punk was, rock it show. Was profa- profound. Very profound to a lot of people, you know, and it was a lot of people's first show who, were, who got into punk later in Little Rock. All right. We're at the end of the first... Uh... We're at the end of the first hour of the September 11, 2016 edition of Wap Pedro Show. Special guest, Brother Matthew. Hold tight for hour two. September 11, 2016. It's the second hour of Wap Pedro Show.
Like a T-Rex 
Watford Pedro Show. We started off the second hour with uh, Petra Hayden doing Goodbye Blue Sky. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, the weird, uh, where, uh, off the air people were talking about having to say the, the date of this edition of the Watford Pedro Show, and it's, it's kind of trippy. Sorry if there was a little feedback. I had the fucking, what do we call that, pilot air. Uh, Rachel Hayden, her sister, actually her identical twin, with Get Out from her new stuff. Uh, or was it the... Well, it's pretty recent. I know some of the stuff she did twice. <laughs> Hard to keep track. Then Destroyed But Not Defeated out of Austria with uh, My Waterloo. Um, Mazurka for Modern Dance Ensemble, David Gerard over in uh, Massachusetts. SS Space Systems with its tweaking upstate New York. Not the city, but the by Hudson and all that. Albany. Adirondacks, pretty. Yeah, what? What time you go uh, New York again? Go up the Hudson River. You wouldn't believe. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's not all cement. In fact, only a few miles out of town, it starts getting really rural. It's trip to trip. I lived there a little bit up uh, by Schenectady because they had a new GE had a nuke plant. My pop got trained uh, for nuclear engine room. You know, machinist me. By the way, I'm re- reading uh, Sam Pebbles again. Oh, okay. Man, what a mind blow. That was me and D. Boone's favorite movie. But when I read a book a second time with a bunch of years in between, it's a whole no- You know, actually, the words stay the same, but obviously what changes, so it just <laughs> layer on it. <laughs> yeah. Then we had um, Space out of Liverpool doing um, Give Me Your Future. That's uh, uh, Brother Phil, great cat. And finally, Stefano Pelia with uh, Golgotha Chameleon. And uh, he's the guitar man for uh, Sonia de Mainaio. Oh, by the way, the drummer man, Andrea, is coming to Pedro tomorrow to, with his wife, Veronica, to paddle kayak. Because they d- decided to do a little U.S. tour before we play together for a Europe tour. Not music, you know, just show his wife around uh, California and stuff like that. So uh, I get to... Uh, Brother Matt's got a uh, dually kayak, so they'll team up, and then Watt will be in his little, uh, my, uh, my uh, kayak, I named her Zabby from a character in a Thomas Pynchon book. So tell me about Fluke. Fluke, uh, Fluke started in, in North Little Rock, Arkansas. It was uh, three of us. It was myself, Steve Schmidt, and Jason White. When? And Jason, of course, went on to uh, Green Day fame, which what? is... Yeah, but when? Oh, 1991. Okay. Um, so what happened was I, when I graduated high school in 1990, I moved to Chicago the day after with my mother and my mom uh, and my brother. Um, and then I stayed in close contact with my friends back home. Well, it was around this time that bands started to come through, such as Fugazi, um, actually, your band, Firehose, played uh, Dino's 7th and Chester, I believe, a few times. Um, so Steve, he wanted to start a magazine. So he interviewed Fugazi, and he interviewed another band. And uh, he was going to put out a, a zine called Plaid, P-L-A-I-D. Sure, like the 
shirts I like to wear. Like the John Fogarty shirts. Yeah, and the Mike <laughs> and the Mike and the Mike Watt shirts. You know, um, they're not always flannel. People get this confused. Flannel is a, a, a type of cotton brushed a certain way. Right. That that pattern is plaid. Like uh, lately, this last year, from a shirt my mom gave me for my birthday, I found three others like it from the same company. They're made out of canvas, but they still wow. got a plaid. But of course, people want to call them flannel. So anyway, he he wants to start a zine called Plaid. Yeah, and I thought that was a really cool name, you know, and and it never got and what like talking about Chicago scene. Uh, well, this he was back. He this oh, he's back, back home. Back, Even though yeah, you're in Chicago, home. you're still in contact with him, right? Okay. And so when I came, I came back for the summer in '91, and we all decided we wanted to do this magazine together. So we changed the name of it. We put those two interviews in it. We had some art and some photos and some record reviews and uh, some advertisements and whatnot and some contributors, uh, local contributors, and it was and we put it out. Uh, we went down to the Kinkos, laid it all out. We had a buddy who worked at Kinkos, so we pulled a good scam there with him, and we passed it around to all our buddies and, and all our friends and. And we sent it to Maximum Rock and Roll, and you know. Uh, but, but, but what was the? Oh, was that the spur? You know, what was the inspiration? I mean, well, the you thought that the, 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 the scene needed a voice. Well, the yeah, it did. Uh, there was, Obviously, Maximum rock, uh, rock and Roll was probably an inspiration. Tim Johannan, that I think that helped start a lot of zines. Yeah, there, there. No, I gotta say, because uh, let's uh, relate to my my scene in the seventies here, the movement. The Merch people didn't, they wanted this thing to go away, you know, so we had to make our own, the, the zines were like the fabric. Right. So it was important yeah. to have, was, yeah, flip side, slash. Right. Um, there was one out of Little Rock in the late 80s, the main one was called Lighten Up, and <laughs> Tim Lamb did it, and Tim Lamb, the way that he did it was he made it seem as if there was a bigger scene in Little Rock than there actually was. And he sent it to MRR. Oh, yeah, because they used to have scene reports. Right. And people started to write him. And it was through him, really, that the scene really started to get attention nationwide. Okay. And so ours was loosely modeled after that. I don't think I personally knew it at the time. I don't know if the other two guys knew it either, but looking back on it, our issues looked a lot like lighten up. And You mean it was some kind of subliminal influence? Yeah, it was just, uh, you know, Not it, was over. The, it was the same size. It was a full size. It had interviews with you know, Fugazi, his his magazine had an interview with Fugazi in the early days of Fugazi, 87, I think it was, uh-huh. 80, 88 maybe. Um, and we had record reviews, and we had art from Bobby Matthews, who actually did art for Tim, you know. So there were a lot of similarities between the two. And so we kind of, and, you know, that that Lighten Up. Well, well what happened with Lighten Up? The uh, Peter Dow? Uh, it, well, yeah, he did about, he did, I don't know, 10 or 11, I have them here. He did like 10 or 11 issues, I think, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know, I think he moved on to college or whatever, and 
Um, Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I'm not sure where Tim went. Okay. But he's in. Uh, I think he's. Well, he he was in Colorado for a lot of years. Um, okay. I think he's recently but, moved. But anyway, um, I'm thinking this was a way of you keeping tight with your hometown. Yeah, it really was. Uh, the main inspiration behind the magazine itself was Steve Schmidt. He graduated high school and he was sitting around, you know, he had a little job somewhere, I guess somewhere to Ian and uh, in Henry. He had a little job at an ice cream shop. All right. Hoggy Doss, I think, was Henry and Ian, yeah. Yeah, this one here was uh, TCBY. This, this can't be yogurt is what it was called. Okay. And it was down the street. It was in a little strip mall down the street from his house, you know, and uh, he didn't have anything going on. You know, he wasn't in school or anything. And all he had was this little job at the ice cream shop. And this this homeless guy came in and he had a piece. He'd come in and out of the store during the day and he had a he would write on a piece of paper. You know, Steve, I don't think realized it at the time, but. You know, the guy was probably schizophrenic, and he would just write numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and he'd write all the way to 27, and then he'd stop. Well, in Steve's head, this guy was teaching himself how to write. And Ah. Steve, yeah, and Steve got a lot of inspiration out of this guy who had very little resources, you know, but he was making the best of what he could out of these resources. So. It was at that moment that Steve decided he was going to do a magazine, he was going to get a, a radio show, and he was going to start a band. And he did all three of those things. <laughs> and so that's how Fluke Fluke started. Oh, man. What a story. Okay, uh, let's listen to some Toys of Kill. They just got done with tour.
drink that water that will help me make it through the night. There's one hour that's more lonely than any should have
Mes chers amis, avant de commencer une petite expérience, veuillez tout d'abord régler votre appareil. Voici le tic-tac d'un métronome à votre gauche. Le même tic-tac de métronome à votre droite.
above is busy masturbating Sissy sewing sweaters so her fine fiancé fits in the sheet But I'm a little daddy-o Little daddy-o You should see my fancy outfit You should see their eyes Mommy's polishing pottery And daddy wins the lottery And grandma's little nephew's in bed But I'm a little daddy-o Love is boring, Barbara and sissies in the shower, shaving stubbles like her fiance said. Little daddy, oh, that's me. Yet I'm a little daddy, oh. I'm so debonair, but I don't care to stick around, so I'm getting out of here. Just a cool daddy yo. Cool daddy yo. Oh God. Is that alright? No, let's do it again. Guys, hey, can you, you know, when I when I push the talk button, are you guys hearing me? You guys hear me in the cans? Uh, okay, thanks, guys. Great. Um, glad I have your attention. Hey, everything's terrific. Uh, uh, but guys, I, you know, I'm trying to get the compression ratios here, so if you could just. And uh, hey, uh, listen, uh, I have written down in the notes here that uh, you want to do this uh, tune here all together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally we build things up, we do a, a rhythm track, and we get it really tasty, and we... Well, fellas, uh, you know, I've been in this business for a while, and, you know, I, I love your energy, but isn't that a little uh, close to... So Thank you. 
Walk for Pedro Show. Uh, Toys That Kill. Sentimental Ward. Just off tour. And uh, me and Brother Matt are going to get to talk to Todd Conge, the main man, Thursday. Uh, then we had Marsh Weed with Gearing Up. You Make Me Bad, Erotic Bill Yan and His Heretics. That, that's out of Croatia. Marsh Weed up here uh, at Echo Park. Uh, Silver Lake. Put the clothes. And then so, so Brand new uh, Alex Zhang Hung Tai with uh, Paris Means Nothing to Me if you, Without You. Um, he's he's living here, SoCalVale. Yeah, incredible band. He had this project a long time, Dirty Beaches, but he's been striking out in d different music directions now. Incredible cat. Uh, Nihilistic Smile by Seb and the Radics. That's out of Lyon, France. Great cat. Our Stevie Moore out of Nashville with uh, Cool daddy -o. And finally, Atomic Sherpa's Painful Therapeutic Prizes. It's Vince Baroni uh, here uh doing the horns and the harp and stuff. Uh, he's Echo Park, I know that. But originally Garden Grove, I think. Steve here, uh, we were saying off the air, he started, a, he joined a band, he started a, ra a radio show at a local station, and he, uh, it begins Fluke with you. Uh, That's right, with me and Jason, yeah. And, and Jason, yeah, the third guy. Uh, how did it de develop after that? Uh, well, so then what happened was, Bands kept coming through town. Jason came to visit me in Chicago. There was a Lookout band that came through Chicago when he was visiting called Look, Lookout Records, right? Yeah, Lookout Records. The Bay Area. Yeah, and we, he actually knew these guys. Uh, there, there was a band called Monsula. So we did a spiel with them after their show. We went to Denny's and hung out. And then, you know, there was other bands. Uh, we interviewed Jason interviewed Ben from Econochrist. We interviewed Lungfish from Baltimore. Yeah, Discord band. Right. We interviewed uh Fleck Camp out of Canada, great band. And uh let's see. Were the issues regular or they would just come out when you wanted them to come they, out? They they were they it's never been regular. That was a year later that one. So okay, okay. And Steve, Steve, in the middle of doing that, when Steve moved up to Arcata, California. Okay, NorCal here. Or no, Eureka, I'm sorry. Yeah, right up there. You know, we got two of them. There's Eureka and Eureka. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was up in Eureka. And he, he, he was Eureka's on there. on the I-5. It's, it's, they're not close. <laughs> but right. they're, they're both, both NorCal, yeah. Exactly. So, stud. But we, we, we laid it all out pretty much together. And then. Jason and I printed it out. It was the same deal, same size. Uh, we had a lot of interviews, record reviews, um, contributions, art, photographs, and and we did the same thing. You know, we sent it to MRR. We'd get some feedback through the mail, and I, I was traveling a little bit, and I would take it where I was going. And it started to get... What about a little, little Rock? What about Little Rock? Oh, uh, Little Rock was... Uh, by 92, Little Rock was just on fire. Well, I'm mean, talking about Fluke. Was it put out there? Yeah, it was, it was... It was... That was the base for it, was Little Rock. But you printed it up in Chicago. No, we printed ah. it... Yeah, we... It was kind of... I was, I was going back and forth. It's only a 10-hour drive. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
you know, and when you're when you're 20, 21 years old, you yeah, can do yeah. that, no problem. So you like did the distribution out of Chicago, ten hours away in Little Rock. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean it just wherever, you know. But you're saying it, it got attention. It got a lot. It got it got a little bit of a buzz. Okay, let's know? get on to that because we're at the end of the second hour now. September 11, two thousand sixteen, Dishwaf Peter Show special uh, guest, brother Matthew Flute Z. Hold tight for hour three. September 11, 2016, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Telling me, 
they telling me, 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 telling me. Thank you. 
Feel my hand lying on your chest Calm your breath, breathe in and out And I will comfort you And heal your pain Where did you come from, little bird? Made you feel so out of tune Your song is great And I am loving you mm-hmm. So you see It is an endless story Whoever spreads his wings to fly Tumbles down in a white You'll see the world with all its beauty and its loss So you're lost, so lost, come and rest with me Come close Down in a wild Go and see 
The world with all its beauty and its loss, and when you get lost again, come back to me.
for Pedro Show. We start third hour off with Death Hymn Number Nine. That's got Paul from Pedro here singing, but the the, the Man Cats are uh, OC in a tune called Hogs Turds, which has an Arkansas connect because of fame. Well, they're, they're the Razorbacks, right? Oh yeah, Hogs. Then Matt Jones out of Massachusetts with uh, Massachusetts Classical Part Two A. He's getting into his uh, oops. Organ thing. Uh, Dick Deluxe. Again, it was Pioneer. People I had to sound on. You get a little feedback. You can't do that. You got to meet the fucking thing. <laughs> we think after 50 years, fucking WAP would get together. Uh, then Dick Deluxe telling me, he's living in New Orleans now, buddy of, uh, I met him through brother Steve McKay. Got to record with him uh, album, Sunset Beach. Uh, and then uh, another buddy of his lives in Pacifica Tom but I think he's yeah I think he's in Brooklyn now American Dream uh, Kinbaum and Kessner out of Germany with Short and Sweet Berlin and finally Hard Girls another Orange County band Zamazdat Zamazdat was like putting out books by uh, like memorizing them Soviet days and uh, copies (laughs) yeah because a lot of stuff was illegal so uh, all right that's an Orange County take on it there from the hard girls uh, no women in the band though good band <laughs> okay. uh, yeah yeah I like got to play with the lash uh, or share the stage I uh, saw them should... uh, I saw them at the Troubadour I was I was roading for a band there some years back and a uh, local band here I was with and we saw we played with them okay shared the bill now now, now Fluke we're talking early 90s it's starting to get a little attention a little bit, yeah. Um, and then, so then Steve and Jason, they were more, they were focusing more on their music. So I just, I took the, the magazine over myself. Yeah. What and, issue? What, what issue? Uh, issue three. Okay. So after, after two issues, those guys are done. <laughs> yeah, they're done. They're, they're, they're but but they were important things. because they got the ball rolling with you. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, I I was always into writing and and I wasn't very musically inclined, but I was a big fan of music. You're a gig goer. I was listener. a gig goer. You're a listener, yeah. And you know, I'd roadie for bands and and I was I was definitely way in the mix, you know. And so culture, yeah, you know, the culture, yeah. I was I fell in love with the punk rock culture. Yeah. Well, and, and the music and look the place. The guy, uh, the guy who invented rock, right? Uh, Richard Meltzer. Right. He ended up making a band later on called Vom, but yeah, you need cats to write about it. It's just part of the fabric, like I was saying before. So what was it like being, yeah, man alone? Now, you took contributions from other cats, right? Yeah, I still did. Uh, It started to go towards more the personal side of life. Yeah. More personal stories, um, interviews with just people, not bands. Um and things of that nature. And so it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, you know what I forgot to ask you? The name. Where did you guys get the name? You know, I don't know where the name came okay, from. Okay, okay. It's just one a fluke. Of the, <laughs> one of those guys came up with it. Okay. Fluke is like a freaky thing, right? Yeah, it's kind of a strange thing because, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's like a lucky stroke. Right. But then it's also the name of... The whale tail is called. That's right. That's right. 
you know, and then, uh, so yeah, I don't know where it came from, but it apparently stuck because, you know, 25 years later. <laughs> right, right. Now, um, this period during the 90s, when you take it over, uh, this is the most prolific, right? The most issues. Well, the most prolific was 2009 is when I really started it back up. Oh, when you, re yeah, well, let's get to the break. When did it kind of well, fade out for a little bit? We had, we had, I had issue three in 93, and then I moved back to Little Rock around that time. And then in 95, I moved up to Seattle. I did an issue in 1995 in Seattle, and then there was a long break, I and I did another issue in 98. And then after that, I got, you know, my life, I got mixed up in drugs and all that, and my life really took a turn for the worse. And also and, fluke. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it was not a good time in my life, very dark period. Actually, 98, I got that one, released that one out, you know, from the skin of my teeth, I barely got that one out. And then it took me... Well, life's a journey, you know, hills and valleys. Exactly. It's definitely a valley, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, and, and I didn't put another one out until 2005. Okay, so there's a seven-year break. There's a seven-year break, and after that one... Well, let's listen to some music. Sure.
Hot for Pedro show. Last music for this edition, Porch with My Raging Ragged Buoy. And where's Porch from? I think West Coast. Maybe, maybe Oregon, maybe Washington State, maybe California. I, I think it's West Side, though. Sorry for being stupid. Same with Adam Mouth Gimleys. They, they did Absence. And I can't remember where they're from. But the cat gave me the music at a gig. And there's nothing like, that's what I mainly play on the Watt for Peter show. Music cats give me at gigs. Wild books with planes. Sometimes it comes, uh, you know, email. They tell me, uh, hey, Watt, check this out. But I never play Merce shit. You know, I, I, I consider it a debt to the, the movement, the scene. Right. Wild Style Lion, that's out of Berlin with uh, Philly, up in smoke. Brother-in-law, Jay Maskus. Well, Vet, in Ever, fuck, I can't remember where these cats are from either. I've been playing a lot of it. I love it. I know Zigzags is SoCal. Afraid of the Dark, finally. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Fluke fl- took a powder. Your life was in a, some struggle. Uh, but you come back. I come back. Uh, I got clean in 2001. Yeah. And I took some number of years to get my life back in some semblance of order. Yeah. And where are you living? At that I'm living point? in Phoenix. Okay. And when I got clean, all these words, all these thoughts were coming out of me, and I just started writing them down. Yeah. And I started creating these poems of, of sort or prose. And most of it was about my life between 94 and 2001. Yeah. You know, and it was a very personal issue. Sure. And I put it out, and actually, Brother Jason got married in Little Rock to uh, his his sweetheart. Um, and at his reception, I passed out that issue. Okay. It was, yeah, it was February of 2005. Okay. And, uh, and he and Jana got married, and everyone was there. And, it was you like know, you're thought, jumping out of the cake. Yeah, it was like, well, this would be a great time to release this issue, you know? Absolutely. So that was, that was great motivation for me to get it done. Sure, sure. And uh, so I did. And, and then, you're saying, now, this, this evolution of fluke, much different than the older one. More introspective, you're, you're creative with the prose. Very much so, yes. Clear in the head. Clear in the head, yeah. and, and, and all this stuff is coming out of me, you know, all these words and emotions and thoughts and, and feelings, you know, and so it all came out. And I sent it off to, you know, MRR and Punk Planet, and, yeah. and, and it got a real poor reception, you know. Ooh. Uh, I think some people liked it, but to be honest, mostly it would be what you would consider a flop. And that was really like, you know, that uh, that was was a bit heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, soul crusher. Exactly. And then, so it took a long time to, you know, then then I started thinking, you know what? why don't I start interviewing bands again? Okay. And that's when the days of MySpace, this was like before Facebook became big, and I was friends with you on MySpace, and I thought... That name always cracked me up. I used to call it My 
waste of space <laughs> yeah. place. <laughs> and this is an interesting story. I, I, I've been a fan of Minutemen since 1990. You know, I bought a Double Nickels on the Dime at Wax Tracks Records up on the north side of Chicago. Sure, sure. good story. You know, and, and um, so I, I've been a fan of you for 25, 26 years. And I thought, and I was friends with you on MySpace, and I thought, why don't I ask Watt if he, he'd do an interview? And I, I wrote to you, and you were probably on a tour or something because you didn't write back for a while. And I swear to God, it was a month or two or three later, and I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it one more shot. I'm going to write him back. And I swear, as I was writing you, yeah. you replied to me. <laughs> and you yeah. said, yeah, I'll do it. And you did it. You know, and that really was the jump start of Fluke being back, you know, on, uh, in, on, on, in the world, you know. And yeah, I, yeah. I, now, I put one out. I put one out every year except 2014. Every year since. But uh, if people want to check out Fluke, is there a web presence? Yeah, there is. There's a uh, Fluke Dash Fanzine at Tumblr.com. You know, and then if you just Google Fluke Fanzine, yeah, you'll find it. Uh, and also. You can use Where other you, search engines too, people. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, if, people if you, me, if you wanna, if people you wanna, tell me, get this. People say, "Oh, your podcast." I, I said, "You you don't have to listen to it on iPod. You you know you can listen to it on all kinds of things." Right. If, if you if you want to purchase it, you can go to fluke dot dot com. Okay. Because people, you got to, it, it's to me, you got all the ethics about what a fanzine means, which is getting your, a, a humanistic vibe, a, a spirit that ain't just merch, it ain't being a shill, it's just letting the freak flag fly. I yeah. Love it. I love it. So people, you should check out Fluke. But Matthew, if you had advice to somebody about doing a fanzine, what would you say? Um... I would say put in it what you want to put in it. And I would say get yourself out there, uh, network with people. Because to me, it's the connections that's the real, the real reward. You know, it's, sure. it's, it's the connections with people that's the real, like what I'm doing with you right now. You know, sure. so, so, so be honest with it. Put your interest into it because there's magazines, there's fanzines about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And and people are going to, you know, be attracted to it if that's what they're into. So my my advice would be that, you know, just come from the heart and, and uh, make it visually ap- appealing if you can. Okay. Like when you see it, you know, it's from that cat. It's not generic. No, yeah, no, no, no Marlon Blando. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that advice you just gave is great advice. Take it hard. I, I try to put those same values and uh, work in the base the same way. I want to thank you so much for being on the show, and I wish you continued success. People, please check out Fluke Vanzi, Brother Matthew. And uh, I'll, we're going to do another spiel for you, Zine. 
Huh? Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an album coming out with Nels Klein, Greg uh, Sade from Deerhoof, and uh, Nick uh, Reinhardt from Terra Malos called Big Walnuts Yonder, named after Richard Bell's poem. And uh, I'd like to talk to you about that record. Oh, so we're going to do a spill with you. Let's do it. That's what I'm saying. So thanks again for being on the show. Brother, Brother Watt, thank you. I'll see you next month. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. We're the second man are coming to play your state, your town. I'll be there. And with the puppets. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Meet puppets. Hometown boys. Right. People, it's been September 11, 2016 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>